Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Our quote of the day. I believe that if you don't derive a deep sense of purpose from what you do, if you don't come radiantly alive several times a day, 
If you don't feel deeply grateful at the tremendous good fortune that has been bestowed on you, then you are wasting your life, and life is too short to waste. That is from our guest today, guys, Dr. Shrikumar Rao. And I just nailed that like a triple up. You really I? did. <laughs> Dr. Shrikumar Rao. Uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. Hello to our Hill Squad around the world. Thank you guys for being with us each and every day while we try to get better so that we can know better and then get better. Uh, today, we're going to be featuring uh, Dr. Rao, who uh, works with lots of celebs and CEOs and celebrated thought leaders um, to talk about um, personal mastery and leadership and how he works with leaders around the world. Um, he is very insightful, and Jeff has had a very good conversation with him prior to this. He's very inspired by so amazing he uh speaks in parables and metaphors in this way that really makes his teaching super just um clear so uh, i think for those of you guys who are feeling stressed or lost or and let's be honest it's 2020 who isn't yeah. he's mm -hmm. just gonna be the antidote you need so super excited absolutely well we are back of course um yesterday you got to see me in all of my duncan swag because of course we have partnered with duncan That's here right. better together runs on duncan guys hopefully forever and ever and we have our cool nifty mugs that i'm actually using today and so it's maria duncan and better together and kelsey's is right over there that's right she's using her big duncan i am um that's like that's like my sexy thermos. I love it. Yeah. I gave it to Kelsey so she <laughs> She did. It. it was so nice. It's actually a borrow program. Right. I right, shouldn't say I gave right. it to you. She I gave it to me for the time being. Because I don't really give my Duncan swag away. Mm -mm. Which I understand. <laughs> I understand. If anybody would get it, it's you. Yeah. In fact, I will officially gift it to you now. Look at that. I know. I know. Wow. It's a big moment. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. <laughs> you know what's really sad is I have... Um, I have like Duncan scarves and hats and gloves that are pink and orange. Yeah. We could have a total fun time with our, I have a set in LA, but it never got cold enough last year to really use it. Girl. I, Girl. And now, of course, the house is in disarray because Kevin's been renovating. So um, I wouldn't even know where to look for it, but I do have it and we will use it at some oh, point. Yeah. We will twin. That'll be fun. With our docks and our Lululemons. Mm -hmm. We wear the same thing. Every time we leave the house now, Jeff. So. I know. Well, <laughs> I I never loved Lululemons necessarily over. Like I had, a, I, I was an athletic girl mm. and I still am an athletic girl. But right now my athletics that are here don't fit me. And Kelsey got me a pair of Lululemons. And so, yeah, we end up wearing the same thing at the same time. It's kind of funny. But yeah, it is funny. <laughs> um, so anyhow, today is a big day for my mom. She is going in for her MRI. We get an MRI like every two months and you hold your breath. Mm. But she's funny. Today she goes, Maria, they're not going to see anything. Everything is fine. Don't worry. And... Uh, it's it's an attitude like that that of course keeps her, her. healthy and uh, doing as well as she is. Even though, you know, it's really hard to see her from where she was a year ago. You know, the medications when the tumor came back that she had to take have definitely taken their toll on her. So she's not really mobile much, um, and you know, 
it's it's sad but I've had to come to the conclusions and the realizations that I have to meet her where she's at Mm -hmm. not keep trying to push her to be where I want her to be which was a big deal um and our our um Judy um Judy Johnson, executive function coach. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Amazing. She helped me with that um, last year when this was all happening. Um, She's like, your mom just needs love and you have to let her have her own journey. And when that sunk in, it took till I got here for it to sink in because when you're in it, you you can't see through the woods when you're in the woods. Um, It took till I got here to realize, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much of my time pushing her to walk and move so she could keep it um you know once you stop doing it you lose it and that's not how I want to spend my time with her so I had to kind of just give in a little bit which was hard for me yeah but I also have found that that advice that now I've been able to spread has helped other people like my friend whose mom is going through ALS um and so you know it's it's just it's so tough to see people not be themselves Mm -hmm. but she's excited to come out here for the holidays she's like okay i'm excited i really want to come to connecticut for a little bit at least (laughs) and i was like mom we're gonna make it happen don't worry um we have to change our thanksgiving plans like most people probably Uh, in fact i was just on um social media and i was seeing other people like ryan seacrest yesterday was posting about his zoom with his family Mm -hmm. and how they're preparing to have a zoom thanksgiving with everybody yeah Um, it's where everyone is right now i think i mean especially this last week or so it got really bad again and places are shutting down again and people are like is this is it worth it Mm -hmm. you know yeah lockdowns are back in place and yeah you know everybody's having to do it so we're just gonna have to make the most of it so so we are in we're true going 2020 to. fashion it's me and kelsey for thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> i'll be cooking it. she'll be my sous chef that's right um it'll be fun and so it'll be fun. we're gonna make it fun mm-hmm. what are you gonna do there's nothing else we can do it makes me sad to not be able to be with my parents yeah, and stuff but same. you know i would compromise them if i flew home mm-hmm. i would compromise them if they flew here because- when you're on the go 24 7 like me guys finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those. And being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there, this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it because everyone's traveling mm-hmm. like for thanksgiving the travel has been almost up to part of what it used to be apparently mm-hmm. wow. so it's quite the dangerous time we had relatives here that got covid and so thanksgiving was canceled at my cousin's house who normally has it so i was like guys it's not worth it no I'm like let's try again for christmas so yeah. um that's why i've been working so hard to prep the house for christmas to make it really really special for them 
They're going to love it. Yeah, I think they're going to love it. Flip out like I think so too. Um, I'm excited for them to see it. I want to see their reactions. We'll have to film it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I I was getting some texts um, about this New York Post article Mm. about this new cancer treatment that they've actually tried on glioblastoma, apparently. Jeff, will you give us a few of the highlights from that article? Because Jeff already has chased down Mm. um, the head of the lab and you, you give them the details. Well, it's amazing. A lot of this owes to this CRISPR technology. I don't know. This has been an emerging technology in genes and gene therapy over the last five years. But CRISPR genome editing is this new technology in medicine where you can actually edit DNA. So it goes into your cells on it. And I'm doing my best to explain this. When, when he comes on the show, he'll do a better job. But here's the tease. This CRISPR technology goes into your cells and actually manipulates and reprograms your DNA. So some people are talking about CRISPR applications for beauty. If you want new hair color, if you want new eyes, you can use this CRISPR technology to do it. So maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing, but all good things can be used for many purposes, including cancer treatment. So Professor Dan Peer, who's an Israeli professor, he's going to be coming on our show He is overseeing a lab that is using this to treat cancers in animals. What he says is this is the first study in the world to prove that the CRISPR genome editing system works by cutting DNA. And what it's doing is it's cutting your tumors out like tiny little scissors by killing the cancer DNA with this CRISPR technology. He says there's no side effects. We believe that a cancer cell treated in this way will never become active again extending life expectancy, and of course, curing the disease one day. Yeah. And glioblastoma was one of the two cancers they've been practicing this on, right? Yeah, glioblastoma and and metastic ovarian. Yeah. So two really aggressive, kind of mm-hmm. really challenging cancer types have found success on, in animals with this wow. technology. Yeah, I think it's so amazing. And I'm so excited that you've already tracked him down and we're going to get him on the show because we need to know more and I need to get my mom on a trial there. Oh, yeah. You know, in Israel, they do so much cancer research over there. They, mm. They're they the ones that created, it was an Israeli doctor that created Optune. Oh, so really? So Optune is this device that sends like radiomagnetic fields to kill the cancer, and it targets just the cancer cells. So where chemo targets cancer cells and non-cancer cells and kind of destroys everything okay. in its path, which is why you see the, you know, debilitating effects... Um, this doesn't. It has no side effects for you that I know of. I mean, mm-hmm. there might be stuff listed, but, you know, there's it's it's pretty innocuous from what I know and what I've seen with my mom. It's, you know, a little annoying because you have to shave your head. You have to wear these, you know, stickers that have these um, little magnetic things on there. But it more than doubles life expectancy. And wow. so, you know, with someone like my mom... You know, we've done so many things. You don't know what is the silver bullet, right? Like, was right. it the Optune? Was it the Keytruda recently? Is it the Mexico treatments? I mean, I had, like I said before on the show, the radiologist told me recently that um, he firmly believes that my mom's success has been built on the foundation that we did at in Mexico because optimizing her immune system was such a key factor wow. in this. So I try to tell people all the time, you know, if you're 
trying to heal a body that's already suffering and Mm. and the immunity is low you got to build up that immunity to go fight Mm. um you know anytime i'm feeling a little run down i'm pounding the vitamin c's the garlics and all of the immune elderberries Mm. and um i have this immunity vitamin that i've been taking that has all of that stuff in there and it helps me rejuvenate very quickly i feel like right when i'm on the precipice of getting sick it's like whoop i'm out not happening Mm -hmm. not hitting me Mm -hmm. so you got to build up the immune system to be able to fight um whatever's there so um i'm very excited about this and very eager to learn more and because of my eagerness to learn more so will you yes i'm so i'm such a nerd for this stuff it's gonna be so interesting yeah i can't wait i think so too. too Well, let's get to Dr. Shrikumar Rao. He is the founder of the Rao Institute and creator of the pioneering course, Creativity and Personal Mastery. Dr. Rao helps leaders around the globe transform their lives so they can experience abundant joy, no matter what comes their way, even a global pandemic. He's a TED speaker, author, and creator of the pioneering course, which we just mentioned. Um, He is currently the top-rated expert featured on Mind Valley, a popular personal growth platform, and he's here today to help us manage pre-holiday stress. Dr. Rao, thank you so much for being with us all the way from New York. (laughs) My pleasure being with you, Maria. And can I say that I'll help your listeners conquer pre-holiday stress? And post-holiday stress. Let's do it, because I know I had some pre-holiday stress, and then I had to get myself back into alignment, um, and now I'm good again. But, you know, there's always stress around the holidays, even without a pandemic, because those are the moments that everyone comes together, and you want it to be like a Hallmark movie. (laughs) You want everything to be perfect. In fact, I was watching a Hallmark movie the other day, and I was like... Gosh, if life was only this easy and perfect, um, mm-hmm. and then you get there and it's not like that for most people. You know, there are challenging family members that you have to contend with and everyone's, you know, super opinionated around the holidays, around politics. <laughs> and, you know, we definitely are in that time where it's going to be probably the worst conversation ever. Mm-hmm. So how do you guide your, uh, your clients and the people who follow you through the holidays? Well, Maria, the very first thing is I help persons understand that the reasons they think they feel stress are just dead wrong. Are just what? We think we feel stress because of a bunch of reasons, you know, financial reasons, relationship problems, health, children, career, and so on. But that's not the real reason we feel stress. There's only one reason we feel stress. And the one reason we feel stress is we have a very rigid idea of this is the way the universe should unfold. Like, as you just pointed out, you wanted it to be like a Hallmark Mm -hmm. movie, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. People are opinionated. They go around to the things, their opinions clash, (laughs) they fight, they're late for dinner. And that's just the way the messy universe is. But you want the universe to conform to the way you want it to be, and it doesn't. And you resist it and you resent it. And that's the only reason you feel stress in your life. Well, Dr. Rao, we need to control things, right? Yes, we're all control freaks. (laughs) We want to control everything in the world. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We want to know what's going to happen day after tomorrow. And not only do we want to know what's going to happen 
We want to know that it's going to happen the way we want it to, and it very rarely, if ever, does. We resist it, we resent it, and that is what creates the stress in our life. Not what happens, but our resistance and our resentment. So how do we get out of the conditioning of, of wanting to control and wanting things our way and thinking that the universe is supposed to give us what we want the way we want it, um, which I do believe the universe will give us what we want. It just, if we're focusing on the bad stuff, we're going to get the bad stuff. <laughs> a lot of truth to that, Maria, but there's a, <clears throat> a better way, if I may suggest that. The first thing is to recognize that the universe will go its merry way and it may or may not pay attention to what you want. And very often it will not pay attention to what you want. So the trick is... That's not what Esther Hicks teaches me. <laughs> Are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? And be prepared with that. Do you want to know how to have a terrific day every day, Miriam? Yes. Okay. Now, don't laugh at me. It sounds corny and simplistic, okay. but it really works. The way you have a terrific day every day is you get up in the morning and you decide you're going to have a terrific mm -hmm. day. Because here's the mistake most of us make. We confuse having a terrific day with two things that have nothing to do with having a terrific day. And those two things are stuff should happen, which I want to have happen, and stuff should not happen that I don't want to have happen. And neither of those is within our control. Mm -hmm. So if we're smart, what we'll do is we'll get up and say, I'm going to have a terrific day. And inevitably, shit is going to fall from the sky. So I'm going to spend a couple of hours of my terrific day cleaning up the shit that is inevitably going to fall. And I'm going to have a terrific time while I'm doing that. And if you think about it and you work your life that way, you will have a terrific day every day. And don't laugh at me. It really works. I love it. No, I believe that. I actually, when I'm in my good flow and I remember, I declare it's going to be a great day. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of hug the world. I'll go outside and I'll hug the sun that is or I'll hug the sky. And I'm like, it's going to be a beautiful day. Yes. And that it, is exactly right. Hug the world. Whatever, whatever that comes, including stuff that uh, you don't want to have happen. In yeah. fact, this and is it does work. A civil engineer so let me share that with you let's assume that you are a civil engineer and I'm a county executive and I call you to my office and I want a road built from over here to over there and where I want the road built eh, there is a mountain a forest and a swamp do you get angry at the mountain the forest and the swamp <laughs> of course not you're a civil engineer your skill as a civil engineer lies in how are you going to get that road built are you going to go over it under it, through it, or around it for all of the obstacles. And if it turns out that the mountain is made of granite and the swamp is really deep, you might think in terms of jacking up your fees, but apart from that, it'll have no interest, no uh, effect on you, correct? Yes. In exactly the same way, Maria, you're the civil engineer responsible for getting your road built, your road to a meaningful, purposeful, radiantly alive life. Mm. And all of the irritating people in your life who keep getting into fights or late for your dinners and all of the things they do, they're just the forest, the trees, and the swamp. They are who they are. You're not going to get angry at them. You're just going to figure out how you're going to get. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Your road to a meaningful, purposeful, radiantly alive life built. Does that so mean building concrete over them? I'm a civil engineer. Does that, so if there are those people who are, you know, the challenges, can we just build concrete over them or like <laughs> build them a little like house over here? And <laughs> That's a great way. You can use your civil engineering skills to do exactly that. How do we get rid of them, Dr. Rao? How do we get rid of those problems? <laughs> so ask yourself, am I being a civil engineer? And when you do that, you will find that you have a different perspective on life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's if I am going into my training, it's like problems need energy to grow. And if we continue to give them energy, they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you look at it like a civil engineer and it's like problems are just part of the job. All right. How am I going to circumvent this? Okay, cool. Well, I'm not going to invite that person to dinner because they're always late and it frustrates me. So goodbye. Exactly. Which I've had to do before. You'll come up with any number of solutions. But most of all, you'll recognize that nobody has to control the emotional domain you occupy except you. Every time somebody who's a total jerk pushes your buttons and you get excited, you get angry, you're letting somebody else determine how you feel. Why would you ever hand the keys of your happiness over to anybody? Yeah, but that's so challenging because we're taught and and we're conditioned to to be annoyed and to give up our power in those moments. But there are very few Dr. Rouse in our lives. I had uh, a financial advisor, Mr. Ch- Dennis Chant, at one point, and he was like, "Nobody can hurt me. Only I can hurt me. I can I yes. can either allow it or not." And I remember being young, like in my early twenties, and hearing that and being like, "But no, but they hurt me, and they said horrible things." and um, that hurts. And he's, he was of your mindset. Um, he was an older gentleman. And so I loved listening to older people, but, um, we don't have a lot of Dr. Rouse and Dennis Chance in our life who tell us that we have that power within us. So can you explain how you get that through to people? Oh, very simple. We get them to think about it. What I say is not rocket science. When people think about it unemotionally, they say, yes, it's absolutely true. Why would I let a total jerk control uh, my emotional domain? Then why do you do it? Most people don't even recognize that this is what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they don't have to. Once they start thinking about it, that's my job. I educate people to thinking about it. You know, when you get really angry at something this person says, what are you doing is you're letting this person dictate how you feel. Would you like that? And they said, no. 
well, why do you? Well, everybody around it does it and this is normal. I said, yeah, everybody around it might be doing it, but do you think you'd like to be like that? Why don't you think? Why don't you think about for yourself? There's a wonderful tale about the Buddha. You know, a lot of young people used to follow the Buddha because he was a very charismatic speaker and the father of one of them who wanted the son to go into the family business, but the son refused because he was hanging out with the Buddha, came up to a meeting where the Buddha was and roundly berated him and uh, you know, told him that he was useless and misleading young people. And the Buddha listened very calmly. And then the Buddha asked him, if a visitor were to come to your house and he bought a gift which was unwelcome, what would you do? The man said, I wouldn't take it. The Buddha said, exactly so do I not accept anything you said. End of matter. I do not accept anything you've said. That's something we need to learn to say at least internally. We don't have to say it externally because that will just precipitate more nonsense. But... I don't accept what you say. Why do we just accept what people say? Why do we? Because then it, it creates this vicious cycle where we have to prove we're not what they say. Mm-hmm. And now we're off on this whole other tangent in life. Rather than doing what we're setting out to do in life, now we're trying to prove to some dummy that we're not who they think we are. Exactly. And you said it. You gave me the answer just a few minutes ago when you said we have been conditioned. Mm-hmm. We have been conditioned. And the answer to that is very simple. Recognize you've been conditioned and decondition yourself. And when you're deconditioning yourself, by the way, what you're really doing is you're putting in another set of conditionings, but these are something that you've chosen deliberately Mm. to get you to where you want to be. So that's that's fine. Great point. But, you know, we're conditioned from childhood, right? And if if you study Bruce Lipton, and we've had him on the show before, he talks about how you know what happens between you know birth and age eight is where you know we're kind of that's what shapes us and forms us and you know he talks about how we're not our dna and so many other things but a lot of people talk about those formative years and if i look back in my life one of the biggest things that was um you know taught to me as a young greek girl from greek immigrant parents is that what other people think of you matters And whether it's your teachers, whether it's people in the church, the worry was always, what are the people going to think? What are the people going to say? So most of us are conditioned. You know, you got to be a good girl. Um, We're conditioned in these ways. How do you undo so much conditioning? Actually, Maria, it's very easy. It's not all that difficult. I'll tell you what the steps involved are, though. When you say what others think of us matters, we're talking on two levels now, okay? Level number one is, let's assume you're in a job or you know someplace else, and there are certain cultural expectations because of the culture of the place. And if you flout them, they'll say, oh, this person is no good. Let's not promote this person. Let's uh, even fire this person, stuff like that. And you have to be aware of that so you can conform your behavior to what is expected. Okay, that's level one. Level number two is the internal dissension that happens within you as a result of which, oh, this person thinks I'm no good, therefore I am no good. And that is the thing you absolutely do not accept. 
And it's the second level that's very important. What you have to understand is this is happening. Why am I letting someone who I think is a total turkey affect me? And the moment you put it in that way, why am I letting this turkey decide how I feel? Uh-huh. You know, he's an idiot and he just bought a mansion, but I know he's a total idiot and he's screwed up and he's on cocaine and so on. So why do I let the fact that he bought a mansion bother me? Do I have to do that? Do I even want it? So if you're ruthlessly honest with yourself and you start asking yourself that question, you'll very soon find that you can be a civil engineer and you can not let these things bother you. You don't even have to do that. They won't bother you automatically. But first you have to observe your mental chatter. This is a very good time for me to bring that uh, uh, concept to you and uh, persons who are listening. Mental chatter is an internal monologue that you have going on in your head all the time. Begins right up when you get up in the morning, is with you right through the day. There's a kind of thing that goes, you know, is what this guy is saying makes sense? Can it be done? It's not as easy as that. You know, it's hogwash. All of that is mental chatter. We've always had it. It's like an unwelcome relative who's shown up at your house and you can't kick him out. Most of us tend to ignore our mental chatter. We work around it. We suppress it. We live our lives as best we can despite our mental chatter. That's a big mistake because we actually construct our lives with our mental chatter. And it's as if we were living in the matrix. We're all living in the matrix, but this is not the matrix constructed by an alien civilization out to enslave us. It's something we constructed with our mental chatter. And the way out of that is very simple. Observe your mental chatter. When you observe your mental chatter and don't become your mental chatter, it can't drag you to dark places that you don't want to go. So you look at it and then you can even laugh at it. Ah, there's my mental chatter telling me I'm no good. You know, let me let me have a look at it and see what else it dredges up this time. And the moment you do that, your mental chatter loses the power. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of uh, Gabby Bernstein has been on the show before, and she had a really great method for that. She called it the choose again method. Mm-hmm. So if a negative thought comes in to your internal mental chatter, you would recognize it um, and choose a, a new thought. I think, Absolutely. I think there was yeah, another step in there, like forgive yourself and then choose again. And so that was an easy concept that was, was stuck in my head for a while. I've forgotten it in recent times, and I'm glad I'm remembering it again. Yes. But it is a really great way to... I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. 
not allow the negative chatter to live for very long inside of your head so you can shift yeah. out of it. Mm -hmm. Just observe your mental chatter. Be the witness of your mental chatter. When you're the witness of your mental chatter, you will recognize that you are not your mental chatter. And then you're fine. You know, you're, you're, it's a beautiful day. You're out on the <clears throat> on a beautiful lawn. It's a sunny day. You're lying down. You're looking up. You see clouds in the sky. Shut your eyes for 10 minutes and those clouds will be gone and there'll be new clouds in the sky. Mental chatter is just like that. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just there. So if you observe them and enjoy them and they have their own beauty, but you're the observer, you don't identify with them, they can't drag you any place. You can just have fun watching them. Oh, you know, there's the sex thought coming up again. Or there's this really angry thought coming up again. Let me see where it'll take me. And all of a sudden, that angry thought completely loses its power. So be that's actually the foundational exercise in my coaching programs and my uh, online and live programs, observe your mental chatter, be the witness, don't become them, observe them. Mm, yeah, well, don't we have like 60,000 of them a day? Mm -hmm. Probably. And you know, when you start doing it, you'll find that you observe, you know, I ask people, how, how much of your mental chatter do you think you observe? And they generally say around 10%. Actually, that's wrong. You don't even become aware of 0.001%. But that 0.001% is enough to show you how out of control it is. Mm -hmm. And it's enough for you to make a significant change in how you experience life. Yeah. Because then you stop shooting second arrows at yourself. That's a wonderful parable from the Buddha. Can I share with you? Yes, please. Okay. So the Buddha asked Ananda, one of his disciples, Ananda, if an arrow would have hit you in the arm, would it not be very powerful, very painful? Ananda said, yes, Lord, it would be very painful. And if a second arrow would have hit you exactly where the first arrow hit, would it not be even more painful? Yes, Lord, it would be even more painful. And then the Buddha asked, why then do you shoot the second arrow? Now, that needs a little explanation. So let me explain by means of a story. There was this woman who was a good mother and her son grew up and he turned 16 and he got his provisional, provisional driver's license. And one day he comes up to his mother and says, hey, ma, a group of my friends and I are getting together and I need to take the car. Can I take the car? And the mother says, of course not. You just got your provisional license. You can't take it. Where do you have to go? I'll drop you. No, no, mom. You don't understand. It's very important that you not be there. And she said, okay, fine, there's Uber, there's Lyft. No, no, mom, you don't understand. It's important that you not be there. It's important that I be there. And it's important that I drive. So the mom says no, but he begs and he pleads and he wheedles. And bit by bit, she feels herself giving in and she takes promises. No alcohol, no, 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 no alcohol. And you'll call, yes, I'll call back by 10. I'll be back by 10. So reluctantly, she gives him the keys. And of course, once he gets the keys, he forgets all about it, drinks too much forgets the curfew, doesn't call, has a serious accident on the way back and has to be operated on. And the mother is in the operating room. And when he comes out into the recovery room, she dashes home to have a quick shower so she can go back. And at that time, a friend calls. And the friend says, what kind of a mother are you? How could you possibly have let him take the keys? You're not a mother. You're a murderer. Now, you'd be shocked, right, that a friend would say something like that at a time like this. 
But you'd probably be less shocked if I said it wasn't what a friend said, it's what she told herself. Mm. That is the second arrow. It's bad enough that he's in an accident, is operated on. Does it make things better for you to tell yourself you're a lousy mother and you're a murderer? Nope. But that's what we do all the time. And the interesting thing, Maria, is the second arrow is always delivered by means of mental chatter. All of the listeners on this, you yourself included, whatever situation is troubling you right now, your mental chatter about that situation is making it at least an order of magnitude worse. That's the second arrow. In fact, for most of my coaching clients, if I could get them to stop with the second arrow, they'd be much better off. Most of the time, they're already up to the sixth, seventh, and 25th arrows. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about my mom right now. We had a, a relative who told her that she was a terrible mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she was... <laughs> the complete opposite of that but she found herself in a challenging moment where she had to do what was right and they judged her and yeah that lived with her for ever and when she was going in for surgery for brain surgery for her tumor I remember saying you know I told my brother you need to call this person and he needs to call and apologize to her because she's carrying it. She told me about it again. And she's carrying it so heavily in her heart. I want her to be cleared of any negativity before she goes into the surgery. And so all of us, we apologize for anything we had done. I made everybody just, let's clean the slate. Let's like, free her of any burdens she has in her. And so the person called her and I was right there next to the phone, of course. And I listened to the whole conversation and don't you know the person danced around it and never did it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it's uh it's it's really sad. Um, but it, you're right, it is us that's that's beating ourselves up and 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 shooting that arrow at ourselves when she knows she's not a terrible mother. Mm -hmm. Um and and again, and this was a turkey. Why are you letting this turkey Exactly. Why are you letting this turkey? He'd be lucky to be a turkey. He's less than a turkey. He's a turd. <laughs> Why would you let this turd say this to you? And by the way, you wonder, these arrows are the accumulations that form cancer. For me, yep. that's what I believe forms cancer is just emotional pain and emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. Not that this specifically, just this one moment, because she's had a yep. lot of emotional trauma and a lot of pain in her life but I believe that when I talk to people and I'm helping them um, through cancer journeys I always you know I go through all the different things I'm like okay let's talk diet let's talk treatments let's talk you know immune systems let's talk you know things you need to read things you need to watch and the last thing is like okay now what's the emotional trauma we need to deal with here because once you release that you'll have a much better shot at this and they're like how did you know and I'm like it's pretty consistent. I've now coached, you know, hundreds of people through cancer and all kinds of, you know, or, or well over 150 at this point. Um, I've seen the patterns. And so I think it's something that we we really underestimate until we get it. And then, you know, then we have to deal with it. 
correct. Yes. You're doing great work, Maria. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, don't you think it's like these these arrows just accumulate? Yes. We have spent a lifetime shooting second arrows. And one of the advantages of having a beautiful parable like this is it gives you something that you can hold on to. Oh, I just shot a second arrow at myself, or you're just shooting second arrows. Mm -hmm. It gives you a framework and an easy method of pointing out to people, this is what you're doing. So that's the big advantage of having something like that. Yeah, I love it. I think it's super helpful. I had a yogi on the show who, who told me it was mental violence. Yes. And so we would run around the house. My husband would say something bad. Um, and I'd be like, mental violence. Mental violence. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like today I forgot my mug. And I'm like, what a dope. Where did I put this? And I'm like, mental violence. Mental yeah. violence. So uh, That's a good one. I'm going to copy that straight off the bat. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. I have another one, by the way. This comes from an ancient Sufi tradition. Uh, <clears throat> there was a man and his son. And they lived in a beautiful valley, and they were very happy, but they were dirt poor. So the man decided he was sick and tired of being poor, and he decided he was going to become a rich man, and he was going to breed horses. And that's how he's going to become a rich man. Didn't have money to buy a stallion, so he borrowed heavily from the neighbors, and he bought a stallion. And the very day he got the stallion, he kicked the top bar loose from the paddock where he housed it and ran away. And the neighbors came around and said, you thought you were going to become a rich man, but your stallion has run away and you still owe us money. You are screwed. And he shrugged his shoulder and said, good thing, bad thing, who knows. That stallion fell in with a group of wild horses, which were close to where he lived, and he was able to entice them into the paddock, which he had repaired, so escape was no longer possible. So now he had the stallion back, plus a dozen wild horses, which by the standards of that village made him a wealthy man. And the neighbors came around and said, we thought... As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. If you were destitute, but fortune has smiled on you, you're a rich man, how lucky you are. He shrugged his shoulder and said, good thing, bad thing, who knows? The man and his son started to break the horses so they could sell them on the market. And one of the horses threw the man's son and stomped on his leg and it broke and it healed crooked. The neighbors came around. He was such a fine young lad and now he'll never be able to find a girl to marry him. How unfortunate. He shrugged his shoulders. A good thing, bad thing, who knows? That summer, the king of the country declared war on a neighboring country and press gangs moved through the villages, rounding up all the able-bodied young men to serve in the army. But this man's son was spared because he had a crooked leg. And the neighbors had tears in their eyes and they rolled around. We don't know if we'll ever see our sons alive again. Will you still have your son? How fortunate you are. And he said, good thing, bad thing, who knows? And it goes on like that forever. Wow. But I ask you, uh, Maria, 
Can you think of something that happened that at the time it happened, you thought this was terrible, but you can now look back upon it and say, hey, that was pretty good. Consider your brain tumor. When it happened, oh my God. But now you can recognize that it suddenly gave you a perspective and may even have launched you on a different career, right? Oh, 100%. I knew that pretty quickly, though. I I was kind of shocked at first, but, um, but I knew this was a catalyst for change. Exactly. And I knew life was happening for me, not to me. But I had accrued tools to get me in that mindset before. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Whenever something happens, if you can go back and think in your life of something that happened that at the time it happened, you thought this was terrible, but you can now look back and say, hey, that wasn't so terrible, even that was good. So what you're about today to label bad, is it possible that in X years it could turn out to be good? Is it possible? Just asking yourself that question will move you to a different emotional domain. And if you then ask yourself, is there anything I can proactively do to actually make it good? And now you've moved seamlessly from the realm of despair to the realm of possibility. Good thing, bad thing, who knows? I love that. When you do that, you're fine. Good thing, bad thing. Who knows? Who knows? Which is true. Because... We don't know where life is taking us, right? Yes. But someone else does. There's a higher power that knows. And it's and if you believe it's all happening in real time, like past past and future are all, you know, in different timelines are are happening. Um it's really interesting to to think about it like that. It's like, okay, this could be setting me up for something else. And most yep. of the time you see that that is the case. But the point is, you really don't know. So instead of labeling things, this is, remember, you don't suffer when an event occurs. You only suffer when you say, this is bad, this is terrible, I can't bear it. Let's say you lose your job. Okay, you got a lot of spare time. You say, oh my God, I lost my job. I got mortgage payments to meet. How am I going to survive? This is bad. And the moment you say this is bad, that's the instant at which suffering begins. What happens if you never label it bad? You just label it, this happened. The next question is, so what do I do now? And all of a sudden, you're incredibly resilient because nothing gets you down. Mm. This, again, is a learnable skill. It's not that difficult. You just have to start practicing it, but you have to be aware of it. Think about how in your head, no matter what happens, you label things good or bad. And just observe the fact that you actually label them. And then you say, can I not label them? And if you start playing that as a game with yourself, very soon you'll find you're not labeling stuff as good or bad. You're simply saying this happened. And then that leads you to, okay, this happened. What do I do now? And bingo, you've become extremely resilient. Mm. And others will be asking you for your secret. Yeah, I mean, the secret... I think to our lives is kind of our emotional home, how we are in our emotional home. And if we can discipline those thoughts to a degree and not be sloppy up in there. Just be the observer, Maria. That's the key. Don't don't let it drag you off. Be the witness of your thoughts. Don't let them carry you off. 
because if you identify with the thoughts, they'll take you to some very, very dark places. Mm. But if you're the witness of your thoughts, you can simply watch them and say, ah, here's a particularly gory thought. That's fun. Let's observe it for a while. But it has no power anymore. Yeah. Always be the witness. Don't identify with the thoughts. Don't become the thoughts. Observe the thoughts. And this is something that it's not easy, but if you start doing it, you'll find that it's not that difficult either. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you? Oh, I still get carried away by thoughts. But what happens now is every time I get overwhelmed, I recognize what's happening. And at that instant, I'm very good at switching off and observing my thoughts rather than being my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, but I've spent decades doing it, but I conduct courses and I have coaching clients and you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of time, maybe a couple of weeks before they start getting a handle. Not that they control it, but enough of a handle that they recognize that they can experience life differently. And this is a rest of your life journey, Maria. It's not something that you're going to do over a weekend or a week or a month. This is really a rest of your life journey. But within a couple of weeks, you can get enough experience and enough control for it to make a significant difference in how you experience life. Yeah. That absolutely. doesn't take very long at all. So this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Hmm? We're at a place where we're in a time where everyone's plans are having to change. And... <laughs> um, I was uh, sitting next to a friend who, you know, whose mom was, you know, very, very emotional about the holidays and the fear around being with people and the the sadness over things that are not going to take place because of all of this. How are you leading people through this challenging holiday? Just observe. See, what happens is we get annoyed with people and we make it personal. They're doing it to muck up my party. They're doing it to be mean to me. They're not. They're just being who they are. So if you start observing it and say, everybody wants the same thing that I do. They want to be happy. They want to be free from suffering. And they, way, they think that the way to be free from suffering is to make sarcastic cutting remarks at somebody else. They're mistaken. They don't know that they're mistaken, but they're mistaken. But I'm not going to let their being mistaken make me angry and right and all the rest of that. I'm just going to observe what is happening. When I become aware of my mental models, I become aware of the probable mental models of the others, and I'm just going to observe them play out. And sometimes it might be necessary for me to intercede, and if I feel that, I will. And my intercession may or may not work. The person might get more angry rather than modifying behavior. But it's all a great game that's happening. And I'm going to judge my success by where do I stand. And as long as I make that the anchor where I'm looking at, did I do the best I can or have a wonderful uh, time or facilitate everybody having a wonderful time, then I'm fine. And I hope they had a wonderful time, but if they're so messed up that they insist on ruining it for themselves, that's the way the universe wanted it to be, and I'm fine. I'll just do the very best I can. 
Interesting. So you would navigate a challenging person at the holidays by not internalizing anything that turkey says. <laughs> like, well, and also at- recognizing, by the way, that many times what the turkey is saying is probably reflective of a deep pain. Mm-hmm. And if you can relate to that, you might find actually that that person's behavior changes. Let me tell you a story about this. So what happened is one of my students from London Business School was an investment banker. Investment bankers have crazy hours and he was coming late. He'd constantly miss dinner and, you know, miss occasions like his son's first violin recital and stuff like that. And his wife would get really angry and accuse him of not caring. And he'd get annoyed at that because uh, he didn't particularly like his job. But the fact that he was working such long hours was his way of showing I care because the standard living that they had was because of the big salary he was drawing. So he'd feel upset and he'd snap and, you know, it was just a very toxic situation. Until I suggested to him, you know, when your wife gets angry at you, she's really saying, I love you, I miss you, I wish I were with you. He was not convinced. But shortly after that, he came home late and she started lacing into him. And instead of reacting the way he normally would have defensively, like I said, yeah, honey, it must have been really tough on you. Really, I'm really sorry, but I, you know, it must have been bad. She was taken aback and what would have been a three-hour quarrel became a 30-minute harangue. And he continued reacting the same way and gradually they stopped fighting over it and arranged some minor compromises. The situation never completely resolved but it became much, much more manageable. And most important, it didn't create an emotional rift. So when you start acknowledging that other people have a pain and you don't look at it from your perspective, oh my God, you know, he's doing it. Why is it happening to my party? But you'll you'll find it might make a difference. And even if it doesn't, you made the effort and in the effort that you've made, you've grown. And that's what life is all about. Are you on a day-by-day, almost a minute-by-minute basis, are you growing? Fantastic. Wow. This has been a very insightful conversation and very helpful and very timely. Um, (laughs) Anytime is is timely for this, very. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Dr. Rao, thank you so much. This was uh, incredible, and I didn't even get to uh, any of my notes here, but that will be for next time if you would be... Can I share one final story before we go? Yes, please. Okay, this is a great one too, Maria. It comes from the Native American tradition, and there are many different versions of it, but I like the one I'm about to share with you. There was a young man growing up to take his place among the adults of the tribe and the final rite of passage was a conversation with the medicine man and the medicine man told him here is this dog kind loving intelligent trustworthy and here is this wolf malevolent vicious cruel ready to snap at and kill anything and the dog and the wolf are fighting and the dog and the wolf are both inside you and the young man asks which one's going to win and the medicine man says whichever one you feed Now think about it, inside each one of us, there are altruistic, let's help each other and make the world a better place impulses. And inside each one of us, there are a, let me grab everything I can can for myself and the devil take the hindmost impulses and the two are always fighting. And it's your job to selectively identify and feed the dog in you. 
it's also your job to selectively identify and feed the dog in everyone you've come across. And when the dog in you becomes friendly with the dog in the other person, magic happens in both of your lives. All too often we feed the wolf and we don't even recognize we've done that, both in ourselves and the other person. So you're having a bad day and you go to grab a cup of coffee and a colleague comes up and he's having a bad day and the colleague mentions to you, I'm having a bad day at work. And you say, you're having a bad day at work. Let me tell you about my bad day at work. And your bad day at work trumps his bad day at work and you go off feeling smug. Hmm. You just fed the wolf both in yourself and the other person. But if instead you had gone, yeah, you're having a bad day, I'm having a bad day. Is there anything we can do collectively to make sure that nobody has such a bad day again? And now you started feeding the dog. In every conversation you have with everyone, with your parents, with your children, with your partner, with your work colleagues, with your customers, your vendors, ask yourself, am I feeding the dog or am I feeding the wolf? Am I saying, doing, behaving in a manner that leaves this person feeling better about himself or herself, feeling better and more optimistic about the world? Or am I doing something which is sucking him into a downward vortex? Am I feeding the dog or am I feeding the wolf? Your Thanksgiving party, somebody is getting really annoyed and you get annoyed over at him. Are you feeding the dog? Are you feeding the wolf? Just ask yourself that question every time. Am I feeding the dog? Am I feeding the wolf? And when you do that, the way in which you react will probably change. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my. Well, uh, Dr. Rao, I'm going to let everybody know that if they want more information, they can email you at shrikumar.rao at theraoinstitute.com. We're going to put that in the link uh, as a link in the summary of this episode. Um, there's another link that we're going to put there, um, the rauinstitute.com. You can click on join now to receive Dr. Rao's blog and information about his programs, uh, through Mind Valley and beyond. A new online program begins in January, which gosh is right around the corner. So new year, new you, uh, <laughs> you can click and join there. And if you'd like information on this, uh, indicate so in the, how did you hear about us box? Kelsey, can you tell them a little bit about that? I think that one's me. Dr. Rao, you were saying that the best way to specify information on the program is just to note it in the how did you hear about us box on the website, right? On his website. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, my ah, website. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Was not yep. clear about that. That's why I was like, can somebody help me? This is me throwing a lifeline out. Someone help me with that one because I'm not sure where that is specifically. Um, but Dr. Rao, thank you so much. This was incredible. And uh, hopefully we can have you back again soon. Oh, I'd love to be back, Maria. And when you go to your Thanksgiving, just ask yourself, am I feeding the dog or am I feeding the wolf? And make sure you feed the dog a heck of a lot more than you feed the wolf. Don't make the mistake of thinking you're feeding, only going to feed the dog. That ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you can make sure you feed the dog a heck of a lot more than you feed the wolf. I love that. I love that so much. I got a golden retriever right here. She's the only one I'm feeding at Thanksgiving. No wolves in this house. That's right. No That's wolves. Right, Dr. It's just the golden retriever and I don't know what I am. Maybe the Bichon. No. I'm no. kind of the shepherd. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you're kind of a shepherd. I might be the shepherd. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Dr. Rao, thank you so much. Um, My pleasure entirely, Maria. Take care and have you a happy, have healthy a Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Same to you. Same to you and your family. Oh, thank man. You. Feed the dog. Or wow, feed the wow, wolf. wow. His stories, the way, like, Jeff and I are messaging back and forth, like, we're obsessed. We need him for a heel event. The way he mm-hmm. teaches is just so spot on. I love being able to learn through storytelling. Yeah, it's really cool. Wait, can I just laugh? Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt with another story, but both financial people, I had a tax guy, and he used to say, hey, turkey. He used to call people turkey. No way. Yes. Kev, like, in a Patreon episode, we'll have Mr. Patreon on, Kevin, um, and we'll talk about the turkey reference, and then the fact that Dennis Chant was the one who would tell me, like, no, no, nobody can hurt you. Only wow. you allow people to hurt you. And I remember being, like, in my early 20s, I mean, like, no, 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 dude, this, these people, like, they, they hurt me. Like, hurt, yeah. But, you know, you're young, and you're evolving, and so... um it's kind of funny, but I have so many. I don't accept what you said. <gasps> Imagine if we actually learned how to say that internally, right? Like I was thinking um, when we had Judy Johnson on, I wrote in you know, the what would someone do? what would someone do that loves yep. themselves on here. Now I'm going to say I do not accept what you said. Oof. And if I keep practicing that muscle, mm-hmm. it's like. It's these are all just muscles we're working out. Like I don't accept what you said. What would someone do that loves themselves? The choose again method. Um, good thing, bad thing. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Just be the observer of your thoughts. There's so many of these things I was writing down. I was like, oh my god! Like these are such incredible tools that if you can just remind yourself to utilize. Like this you week know. on the refrigerator, just yes. put that on there. Like sticky note that up there and just keep remembering, just be the observer of your thoughts. Mm. Don't live mm-hmm. your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Because I have crazy thoughts. Oh, yeah. If I was so my thoughts, I. holy moly, that would be terrifying. But I like, too, that he mentions to not ignore them completely, mm-hmm. right? He said he wants you to observe them. Observe them, shut them down. Don't feed them. Don't feed that wolf. But don't completely ignore them because they can, if you ignore them, mm-hmm. they can spiral. Ugh, yeah, he's so awesome. It reminded me of um, Sada Simone, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but he mm-hmm. talked about naming our inner critic. Yep. And really, I think it's a similar idea, right? By naming your inner critic, you're separating it and you become the observer of that inner critic. So I think I've always said on this show, but our experts so often validate what the others say. And it's creating this beautiful framework for us to get better. And I feel like last night I had a thought spiral. Sometimes, you know, you get the Sunday scaries as you're going into the week. And Jeff and I, I uh, <laughs> that's what I call it. I don't know. Same. If I do too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I went for a walk and I tried to get out of it. And I think like that helped to get some fresh air and just mm-hmm. feel myself in my feet. And I think if I had taken that time to just step outside and allow myself to observe as I was walking. That would have been so helpful. So thank you, Dr. Rao. Or give yourself advice. Like I had to talk to myself in the mirror the other day and I literally talked to myself as if it was one of you guys. Like I gave myself advice as if it was you guys. And that helps too, because, you know, and and we talk about all the time, like, would you say the things that you are saying Mm. to like your five-year-old self? Right. No. No, that little girl or that little boy, you'd be like, oh my God, everything's going to be okay. Like, this is just a bump in the road. You're fine. You're beautiful. You're amazing just the way mm. you are. You would never say the shit that we say to ourselves internally. Well, that oh. ever. The story about the woman mm-hmm. with her son in the car accident. I mean, yeah. 
You would never mm-hmm. say, I like that. I'm going to start talking to myself. That's it. Ta- I, I love talking to myself, but I really had to talk to myself the other day and mm-hmm. give myself some advice. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's being more intentional with it because I feel like I talk to myself, but the fact that you were intentional, you, like looking in the mirror and actually saying those things. I had to look in that mirror and I had to be mm-hmm. like listen sister listen up bitch okay Okay, i didn't use that word but you know what i'm saying anyhow um i gotta i gotta end this because i'm seeing texts coming from kevin he's with my mom at the doctor so i want to make sure in case they need me but if you haven't joined us at patreon guys please do we have ad free shows we have um extra shows there and we also have these amazing healing workshops and yes we will have to go down and chat with dr rao and see if he will do one with us um they're really incredible just click the link tree in my instagram and join us if you haven't left us a um um review review thank you we would be so grateful uh and follow us at better together with maria on instagram it's kind of our hub and it is a great place to kind of start your day because it's going to be positive and it's going to be something that's going to make you smile. So I think that that is a great way to kind of prime yourself in the morning is go to something that's going to make you smile. Go to something that's going to make you feel good so you can build off of those good feeling thoughts. And like Dr. Rao said today, declare it's going to be a great day. Um, I think that's so wonderful. So if you like today's episode, check out episode number 71 with the Bella Twins life coach, Carrie Rose, where she talks about self-actualization. Really great episode. And tomorrow we're going to be chatting with our friend, Women's Day content director, Megan B. Murphy, about last minute Thanksgiving hacks to have the best holiday ever, even during a pandemic. In the meantime, you can follow us at uh, Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Better Together with Maria, at Kelsmeyer2. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.